Welcome to Chapter One with Houston Public Library, where we give you just enough story to get you hooked. Today's episode features Dealing in Dreams by Lilian Rivera, read by Yadira. This title is intended for teens, however, it may contain language or themes that some readers may find offensive. Recording is made with permission of Simon & Schuster. Chapter 1. Patrolling Mega. Tonight feels different. The waiter for absent hits me. On most nights when my crew and I patrol the streets of Mega City, I feel a sense of invincibility mixed with glee. Violence can do that to a person especially when you're the one unleashing it. At night, my crew, Las Malcriadas, own these streets. Not tonight. We're missing one of our girls, and the warm breeze that blankets my face is a trick meant to seduce me into thinking everything is fine. My soldier, Manos Dura, she didn't have to go out like that. No one deserved that ending. Go check the building! Truck, my right hand, barks out an order. One of my soldiers sprints ahead. It's been almost a month since the end of Manos Dura, and we're still feeling it. It was Truck who recruited and trained her to be the fifth in our all-girl gang. Manos Dura's specialty was her fist. No one ever wanted to catch damn hands. She was good, and now she's gone. The last thing I want to do is be out here patrolling. Such is my lot in life. It's what las malcriadas do. Not for long, though. Does she see any stragglers? I ask she. She checks the Código 5 goggles. The machine is run down, an old model. We're lucky to have them. Only top crews are authorized to be connected to the server. These Códigos were a gift from Des, our beloved leader of Mega City. We have access to the light rays and the ability to transmit. She says it looks pretty quiet, Chief Roca. She calls me by the title I earn as the leader of the baddest girl gang in Mega City. I hold the title close to my chest. I intend to keep it. Abandoned buildings line the street, empty and menacing. There's no noise except for our boots crunching down on crumbling sidewalks. The nightly curfew is absolute. The people of Mega City are meant to be sleeping in their underground homes. No one is allowed to be out except for crews. From the northeastern tip of Mega City to close to the water, the Malcriadas are in charge of maintaining curfew. Other crews take up different sections of the city. We've been at this for five years now. It never fails. We always find a toiler or two aimlessly lost on the street, such as this woman who is curled in a fetal position against the slab of the concrete. Her house dress is dirty. Her hair is tangled mess of knots. What the hell are you doing? Truck yells. The woman wakes with a starter look. Truck grabs her by the arms and drags the woman to the nearest station. The woman pleads. She's so confused. Truck doesn't bother. She shoves the woman in. Her whimpering echoes up towards the street. I look away and stare at the mega towers, which stand tall, a trio of giant rectangular boxes. The towers are one of the few buildings that aren't falling apart. There are 536 apartments in the towers. There's even a school and a health center. Des, the leader of Mega City, lives on the top floor. No one is allowed in without an invite. Soon I'll be living there, sleeping in a real bed. Not on the dirt floor with trucks snoring on one side of me and another soldier talking in her sleep on the other. To be part of Des's chosen guard, that's the price and I intend to grab it. 
We'll be chilling with the elite, the chosen few, and we'll be no different from them. No more fighting other crews and no more dealing with lost toilers. The mega tower is where it's at. It's why we call it breaking night. There are times when you break a person back into sleeping. When the sun comes up, the grueling work begins again for these women and other countless toilers, whether it's making the sueño tabs in the factories or running mercados for people to trade for essentials. If you're in a crew, you're not considered a toiler. We are above them. When this woman wakes up in the morning, she'll be able to fulfill her duties because she'll feel the euphoric remnants from the manufactured dreams made by taking a sueño. Life is monotonous above ground. Everyone needs to dream in order to survive. Does Desi really live up there? Nena asks. Nena is one of her newest recruits meant to replace Manos Dura. Truck is not convinced Nena has what it takes to be an LMC. She's 11, almost 12. She's got a hunger, a strong desire to please, and that's valuable. Still, Nena is too green to understand she shouldn't even be asking me questions. She should be soldiering. Recite the mega city history right now, I say. You should know this already. Nena rubs her forehead before speaking. We make every potential soldier study up on the history. No one is exempt. If you don't know your history, then you have no power. That's a problem with the other gangs. They think their strength lies only on their fist, not my crew. I plan to take them straight to the top, and it will be because we outdid the rest with smarts. Before the big shake of 2060, man destroyed the city with their greed, Nena says. She looks up with her big eyes and waits for me to give her a nod to continue. The big shake happened and everything was gone. We are the daughters of Mega City. We patrol because Dessa's great-grandmother gathered everyone together. She trained women to defend themselves. We showed the men we didn't need them. Mega City was going to be for women, even if they didn't like it. They could step. Good. Now why are you gangs made up of only five girls? I circle around her. She stands straight, hands to her sides, stiff. There were four who started Mega City with Dessa's great-grandmother. Five leaders total, all women. She smiles to herself, please, she's getting it right. My other two soldiers, Smiley and Sheila, gone. They're waiting for her to slip up. Also, five means grace. And how many gangs are there in Mega City? She stops and looks down. Nana doesn't remember the answer. Smiley starts to laugh loudly. They shake their heads. Mana Dura never had a problem when she recited the history. Nena is no Manos Dura. She may have been 12, but Manos never let age get in the way. She listened when she needed to, took notes, and studied them later. When things were quiet, she would ask me questions about everything. Her round face was filled with curiosity. Why do we keep her around? Trucks pushes Nena to the ground. She can't even memorize facts. Nena stands with rage face. The rage lasts only for a few seconds. She's so young. Go let up our way, I say. A disappointed Nana climbs up the lamppost and uses her mini blowtorch to light the lamp. She climbs down and jogs to the next one. Total waste, Truck says. We never had a problem with Mano. Mano had the history memorized in a day. She didn't play around. With the mention of her name, my heart starts to hurt again. It's true, Mano was a straight LMC from the first day. She anticipated what we needed to be done. How was it possible that the one time she needed to be extra alert, Mano had her defenses down? It was deadly venoms, 
They caught Manozura on her way back from partying at the Luna Club. That night we were so trash. We were victorious in our last throwdown and things were looking up. One more battle with the Delhi Venoms and we would surely secure a spot in Desi's army. We were feeling good, unstoppable. When Manozura left the club early, we didn't think twice. We thought she left to sleep off the drinks over at our station. Instead, the Delhi Venoms intercepted her on her way and beat her down. By the time Mano's bodies was found, there wasn't much left. The only proof we had it was her was the LMC tattoo I personally branded on the side of her head. The Delhi Venoms didn't own up to doing the deed. We had no proof. Death, our girl, my soldier. Want one, Chief Roca? Smiley offers me a foot pellet. I decline. Smiley deals with the loss by eating. The gold grill covering her mouth row of teeth looks tarnished. Not brilliant like when she first made the trade after accumulating so many hundreds of sueño tabs. Smiley pulls out her cap and tags over a sign made by the Delhi Venoms. Of course they were using audacious and tacky tag that barely legible. Huge round bubble letters in the colors of black and pink appears as if written by a toddler. Smiley covers her ink and places the LMC in a solid graph style, clean and straight with our colors of red and gold. The violence has been steady growing ever since we've been inching closer to death. It's one thing to fight in the public space during monthly scheduled throwdowns. It's quite another to cancel another gang member off hours. The daily venoms are rotten to the core. There's no loyalty, no sense of rule, just anarchy. They cheated and bashed their way to be placed in front of death. They won't last. They'll pay for what they did to Manos Dura. When that's done, we will be the top dogs of this city. I won't have to bloody my hands on trash anymore. I'll be next to my leader in her army, keeping Mega City safe from the degenerates who live past the border in semi-territory. Few more hours and I'm heading to the Luna Club, Truck says. Screw this patrol. Truck stands tall with large arms and broad shoulders. It took everyone on my team to keep her from walking to Delhi's Benham's neighborhood and ending them. There are times when Trucks react so impulsively. She's been handling the death of Mano with more violence. Toilers are getting the brunt of it. Otherwise, Trucks spends her time partying at the Luna Club. We each have our ways. Smiley presses her face up against the window of a building. It's a training camp for young girls to learn how to fight. The building is small. There are only a few official training camps in Mega City. The one truck and I went through is farther east and is by far the biggest. Families from every corner travel to the camp in the hopes their daughter will be taken. If you can put up with the brutal training, you are guaranteed a place to sleep and eat. Most young girls come from nothing. The training camps at least teach you how to fight. It's not pretty, yet I made it through. Let's wake them up, Smiley says with her mischievous grin. Smiley is short and round. A trickster, she loves to charm people into liking her and then stealing from them with her gold grin. She's also known to bite the crap out of opponents. Nah, listen, Nana, Chuck says. Treat her for a better model. Chuck says this loud enough for Nana to hear. Nana doesn't react. Good girl. She's got to learn these insults are only a small part of being one of us. Chuck won't relent until Nana gets mad or gives up. Remember the time when Manos threw a mala suerte into their dorms? It was raining and them young girls ran out screaming when the mala suerte blew up? Smiley says, 
Manos was rootless. Smiley and she walked side by side. Their shoulders bumped into each other. Manos would have been in the middle, the three of them always up to no good. The girl was notorious. Manos convinced me to give up my Código 5G because she swore on everything mine was broken, she says. She tucks her long, dark bags behind her ears. Her frame is slender, which makes her quick and hard to restrain in a throwdown. Made me think she was doing me a favor. Or the time she tricked me into thinking made in China meant the girl named China made the item, Smiley says. Got so busted when I tried to trade a pair of jeans I found in an abandoned building and got nothing for them. I suppress a laugh. Pay attention, I say instead of joining in. She and Smiley straighten up and concentrate on controlling. I hold back from them and take a breather. The pressure feels worse when they tell stories about Manos. Why didn't I stop her from going? I was too busy having a good time. We had to be alert 24-7. Always. Can't stop thinking about her, Chuck stands by me. Her eyes are red from lack of sleep during the day. And you? I won't stop until the deli venoms pay for the pain. For our pain. We can afford to get sloppy, I say. The deli venoms are in it to win it. Except they don't care how they do it. That's why you're Chief Roca. You strategize while I flex. She pulls off her helmet and goggles. Her dark brown twisted locks now reach the center of her back. A sense of hint of anger in her tone. She thinks I'm being a coward for holding back on the deli venoms. I'm only thinking of our future. Des has surely heard what went down with Manos. If we retaliate outside of the throwdown, then we appear weak. We lack discipline. There is no doubt the upcoming fight will land in our favor, and Dessa will have no question as to who the better crew is. I continue to walk. In the distance, I can hear music pumping. There's a party going in the towers. It's the same deal every night. Not only do Mega City's chosen guards live there, but so do many elites. Engineers who develop ways to use wind and solar for electricity. Urban farmers who create our food pellets. Scientists who maintain the sueños to ease people's daily pain. If you're smart and can actually better the city, then Desa wants you close to her. It makes sense. Most toilers down here can barely read or write. She and Smiley. Go patrol the north side, I say. Let's finish this up. My two soldiers walk off. It's just me and Truck. When I decided to create the LMCs, the first person I turned to was Truck. We survived the training camp together. She knew me and I knew her. When I stepped to her about the idea, she didn't even hesitate. I told her about my dream of living in the towers. This way of life was meant to be only temporary. Although she didn't quite see the future as I did, Truck trusted me enough to follow. Nala, let's hit up the Luna Club, Truck says. We deserve it. We deserve it. Manos would have wanted us to. Truck is the only person allowed to call me by my real name. Nala. On the occasion when she does, she speaks as a friend and not as my second in command. Here my name keeps me grounded, reminds me of my, our connection. I take a deep breath, slowly exhale. A cold drink and a hot dish, maybe even a warm bath. The Luna Club sounds like the right type of action I need. Where's Nena? I say suddenly realizing we hadn't seen her or heard her in a bit. The street lamp she lit still glows. A few blocks away, there's only darkness. We listen. Do I hear a muffled cry? Truck gives me a look, and we bolt forward. We slow down when we hear Nana's voice. I give Truck the nod, 
and she pulls back, finds a concrete slab to crouch down behind and waits. Ready. Help me, Chief Roca, Rena says, her tiny voice in a scratchy note on this hateful night. A few yards ahead of me is a guy. He has one arm wrapped around Nana's neck. With his other arm, he yanks her hand back so hard, tears stream down her face. Dumb girl. How did she get caught up in the stupidity? I knew it in my gut, Nana needed more training. She wasn't ready. Nana wanted to prove she was down. Now look at her. I'll need to knock this guy out because Nana can't solder. Damn her for being such a rookie. Please, she yells. I tilt my head and start strategizing. Wondering what happens next? Check out Dealing in Dreams by Lilium Rivera, available in multiple formats at www.houstonlibrary.org.